As we come to God's word now, let's, uh, let's ask God for help to know and understand what he wants to say to us this morning. I'm sure he does want to say something to each of us. We thank you, our Heavenly Father, that you have gathered us in this place as your people. Because you have done a work in us, you continue to do a work in us, giving us a desire after you, giving us a desire to honor and glorify your name, and giving us a desire to do it together as your people. Thank you, Lord, for this place where we can gather, where we can join our voices, our hearts, and our minds to exalt you and to honor you and to grant to you that worship which you and you only are worthy to receive. We thank you, Father, for how you have chosen us and called us to be true worshipers. Help us, Lord, to worship you in truth and in spirit. So, Lord, as we come to your word where we have gained an understanding of who you are as you have revealed yourself to us in this book, and you have also revealed to us who you say we are and what we need and how you provided for our need. So we thank you, Father. Help us as we dive into this, your word. May we come up refreshed, comforted, and at times convicted. Do your work in us, Lord, as we spend time with you and hear your voice. For this we thank you in Christ's name, amen. So how are we all doing? It's a question I've wanted to ask this congregation and by God's grace, today is the day I can ask you, how you all doing? Um, I don't have to tell you that uh, the days we are living in could be said as being out of the normal. I think that's a phrase that we hear people talking about. When are we going to get back to normal? Of course, what is normal, you know? But we know for sure that um, what we experienced two or three years ago um, has changed. And I think we can all, all acknowledge that. Two or three years ago, none of us were wearing a mask, were we? None of us were staying more than an arm's length from anybody for fear and anxiety over an invisible virus that was running rampant, it seemed, in our society and not just here but around the globe. So that question, how are we doing, depends on a lot of things. Who are we listening to? There are so many voices out there that are trying to, one, explain what's happening, other voices to tell us what we should be doing. Um, some voices out there are pointing fingers and blaming this, this section of, of, of life and, and that group of people. The voices have generated what I would consider um, confusion, frustration, anxiety, fear. And if we don't put that in check, it results in what we're seeing on the street. Anger, hatred, bitterness, violence. So how are we doing? We're in trouble, folks. 
We're in trouble. We are broken. We are a broken nation. And it's because we are a broken people. And that's the result of sin. You won't hear that on the local news. You won't hear that on the national news. The bottom line of why everything we see going on that is out of normal, because of sin, man's sin against his neighbor. So, how do we cure anxiety? Have you sensed a, 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 a spirit of anxiety or worry these last year, this last year? At times, I'm sure we all have, wondering deep down inside, what should I be doing? I don't like this worry. I don't like this anxiety. It causes confusion, frustration. Well, there is a cure in Scripture for anxiety, and you can read this for your homework, Matthew 22. Matthew 22, verses 25 to 34. It's Jesus declaring to us who are anxious. I think he uses three different categories. Anxious about where we live, about what we eat, about what we wear, and he, he lays all of those worries aside and the end result is, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything we're worrying about, God will provide. We just saw in Psalm 34, and we saw in Psalm 121, and we sang these hymns. God is the one who provides. He's the one who delivers us from all of our fears and troubles. And he's blessed us. He's blessed us with God the Holy Spirit as believers God, the Holy Spirit, is residing in here, in each one of us, inside us. We just did a study in 1 Samuel in Sunday school, and where did the Holy Spirit reside on Saul and David? Huh? Inside or outside? Outside. The Holy Spirit came upon Saul. Didn't enter into him, but came upon him and controlled him. The same with David. The Old Testament, the Holy Spirit always came upon. But Jesus promised that when he went back to heaven after the, after the cross and his resurrection, he was going to do what? Send the Holy Spirit to do what? Ride, re reside in you. In you. And the Holy Spirit's at work in us, is he not? As believers, are you the same person today that you, when you after you first met Christ? Has anything changed in your life? Hmm? I never thought after I accepted Christ and drove up Route 81 from Harrisburg that I would be here in this pulpit. Never dawned on me. But God did some kind of work in me. He gave me a hunger for his word. And out of that, all of a sudden, there was a need for a pulpit person. And you guys, I don't know whether it was a wise decision or not, but you guys chose me. God, through the working of his Holy Spirit, changes us. And in changing us, he produces, the Holy Spirit produces fruit out of our lives. If you want to learn what all those fruits are, go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 3. 
Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, who we were previous, all those sin categories, we held in our hearts those sin categories. It's a long list, but the Holy Spirit has come to produce fruit in our lives. And we're going to look at one specific fruit that he produces out of our lives. That fruit is called peace. Peace. Josh called me Friday and said, you know, he wasn't really feeling up to par and he didn't know if he was, he was going to prepare for today, but he didn't know if he would be capable of coming. So right away I started praying, Lord, what in heaven's name do you want me to prepare in a matter of a couple days? And he laid on my heart one of the favorite verses I've had out of Isaiah chapter 26. If you want to turn there, Isaiah chapter 26. I'm going to read the first four verses of Isaiah chapter 26. The prophet writes, In that day this song will be sung in the land of Judah. So within this song that is being sung in the land of Judah, I've chosen one verse. But it continues, verse 1. We have a strong city. He sets up walls and ramparts for security. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the one that remains faithful. The steadfast mind thou wilt keep in perfect peace because he trusts in thee. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. I want to choose to speak from verse 3. In the NASB it, write, it reads, The steadfast mind thou wilt keep in perfect peace because he trusts in thee. I prefer the King James which says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. The subject matter here is of two individuals, okay? One of them is doing all the work, the other one is out receiving all that's being given, okay? So, the prophet is declaring what God is doing to all who trusts in God and sets his mind on him. I chose out of this verse the word trust, as it says in the end, because he trusts in thee. To trust in God is to take him at his word, to understand how we need to respond when he speaks to us and put our faith and trust in him. So enter into this thing called faith, faith, okay? By grace we are saved by faith. It is a gift of God, the Bible tells us. So if you're sitting here this morning and you have chosen Christ to be your Lord and Savior, it's because God has ministered the truth of that into your sinful heart and you've decided to confess your sins before God and ask for forgiveness and in so doing, choosing Christ as your Savior so that you don't fall under the wrath of God on Judgment Day. Okay? Because we've all broken God's law. We all are condemned and held guilty. But that's why God chose His Son to come and to save us. And He's gifted us with a, a seed of faith that He is causing to grow so that we 
We believe and trust in him more and more and more as we turn to him and rely on him and lean on him and look to him. So those who are trusting in God, God turns and keeps them in perfect peace because he's caused the mind to be stayed on God. Psalm 118 and verse 8. Anybody know why we like that verse, Psalm 118 and verse 8? It's the middle verse of the Bible. And what does it say? It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is so much better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. As I've described previously, if we keep on listening to the voices that are out there in the world who could care less about God, and we fall into trusting what they're saying, we're going to be full of anxiety and worry and fear. But if we turn to the Lord and trust in Him, there is an element that He works in us that relieves us of anxiety and fear and brings us His peace. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Notice, with all your heart, not just a half a heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Straight. We've been studying Wednesday night, started a study in the Gospel of Mark, according to Mark. And what does he first address in the, in the first chapter of Gospel of Mark? The forerunner of, of Christ, John the baptizer, who came to do what? Make the crooked paths straight by pointing us to Jesus. Okay? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Sometimes that's hard to do. We think we've got it pretty well established how to think rightly. And we lean on that thinking instead of Maybe taking that thought and running it across God's desk and see if he approves of that thought. Again, Isaiah 55 talks about how God declares who he is, his ways and his thoughts. He tells us there in Isaiah 55, his ways and his thoughts are so much higher than our ways and our thoughts. But the amazing thing is believers, guess what he's doing as we spend time in this book? He's causing our ways to become in line with his ways of doing things. He's causing our thinking and the process of thoughts that we have running around in our brain to be more in line with his thoughts. Because he shares his way and he shares his thoughts to us from this book. You know, the elders met couple months ago and we decided it's necessary for the congregation to be reading the Bible every single day and we gave you different uh, ways of doing that and I hope you all are doing that every day because it's food for our soul it's food for our soul and when we don't read it today we aren't prepared for tomorrow. We're hungry. We're starving for God's truth. 
Not hard, folks. It's not hard. It's simple. All we need to do is obey. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. Is the Lord. Who are you trusting in? Are you trusting in the government? If you are, I'm praying for you. The government is broke. For the vast majority of time, they lie to us. Yes, they're handing out free money. It ain't free, folks. It's just a piece of paper. Okay, we're going to be held accountable for that. Trust in the Lord. Make him your trust. As God works in our heart, as as God's work in our heart brings a faith and trust in him, God brings our mind to think on him, to think on him, our mind. Okay? When I first uh, was growing up, I went to Sunday school, the Village Baptist Church, had great Sunday school teachers. As I mentioned here before, they had one exercise where they took every letter of the alphabet and tied it to one verse. And that was a task that every student was to do, learn every verse to every letter of the alphabet. Didn't learn the address, we just learned the verse. I remember A and B. A is a soft answer, turneth away wrath. B, be sure your sins will find you out. It's as far as it goes. It's in there, I can't get it out. Okay, but at least they got us to remember the word of God. Age 15, I left it. Okay, could care less, because I knew that there was a God. I knew in my mind there was a God but it hadn't registered here. And then for another 15 years, you might have asked me, well, do you believe in God? Well, I know there's a God. I know it up here. So God one day decided, Barney, you need to know it in your heart. And he did an operation, a heart transplant, as he's done with you. And all of a sudden, our heart is where the faith and trust is. Our mind is where we understand who God is. We have to use it together. So, what about the mind? Because this verse says, the steadfast mind you will keep in perfect peace. Our mind is where all of this, all these voices are causing us turmoil. We're trying to sort out who's telling me the truth. That goes on in the mind. 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will instruct them? Who has known the mind of the Lord? That is something hard to consider. Do I know the mind of the Lord? Well, that's only part of the verse. The rest of the verse is, But we as believers, the Bible says, we have the mind of Christ. When we put our faith and trust in Christ as our Lord and Savior, guess what? Not only did he give us a new mind or new heart, but he gave us his mind to think through what we're reading here in this book as the truth. 
He helps us sort out. Does he really mean to say that? You ever read the scriptures and thought that? That's hard to understand. This is, it, it comes right. Remember in John chapter 6, Jesus is talking about he is the bread. You know, if you eat of my bread and you drink of my blood, you can be a disciple. What was one of the verses in chapter 6? This is a difficult saying. And because it was so difficult to understand what he was saying, the vast majority of people that were with him, after being fed on the mountain, a free lunch, they left. This is too hard to understand. But you see, if we are putting our faith and trust in the Lord, he is the one who can help us understand in our mind. And in so doing, he grants us his peace. Peace, it settles down on us to where now all of a sudden, it doesn't matter. I think I saw a picture describing God's peace. It was a, it was a, on the shore of the ocean and there was a storm out over the ocean and there was a buoy out in the ocean being tossed here and there and everywhere, waves, everything. And on that buoy was a bird just sitting there, handling the storm just fine, at peace with himself. That's a picture of God with us. We can go through the stormiest part of life and there is, he brings us a peace about it. Don't worry. Don't be frustrated. Don't be anxious. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and I'll provide for you. It's his promise. God never goes back on his promise. Never. As God sets our heart and mind on him, he brings us his peace to settle and comfort us. And believe me, that's something I've needed this past year. Something I've needed. A lot of us have become hermits. We don't dare go out. You know? I don't care to go out because I have to put on a stinking mask. I don't like that. I don't know how you handle it. And I know there's some individuals here that work. And I know because in the workplace they have to wear their mask all the time. I feel for them. You're wearing a mask and you're breathing your own CO2. That can't be helpful. It can it. I need oxygen. I don't know about you. But God says, set your mind on me. Set your mind on me. Isaiah 9, when we set our mind on him, he brings us his peace to settle and comfort us. You'll, be, you'll recognize these verses. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Where is the peace God wants to give us? come from? Himself. Himself. He's at peace. Believe me, he's at peace. All, this, all the turmoil of the world going on doesn't rattle him. Doesn't rattle him at all. At all. Because we learned in Sunday school, one of his characteristics is, it's the S word. What is that? He is the sovereign Lord. He's in charge. He's control. He's seated on the throne. 
on the throne. Verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal and the harsh desire of the Lord will perform it. And he's continuing to perform it. Remember it said in, in uh, Psalm 34, he never sleeps nor slumbers. We never have to go and try to wake him up. Remember Elijah dealing with the prophets of Baal, that contest he had with the prophets of Baal. He gave them first strike at it, put a, put a sacrifice on the altar. Okay, prophets, call on your God and have him come down and consume this sacrifice. And they yelled and they screamed and they carried on and they cut themselves and they yelled and they screamed and, and, I, and Elijah kind of mocked them and he says, he might be asleep, you need to yell louder. We don't have to do that with God. He never sleeps nor slumbers. As soon as you cry out to him, he hears you. Actually, he hears you before you cry because he knows our heart so well. He knows we're troubled. He knows we need help. And he's ready, willing, and more than able to help us. Philippians 4, be careful for nothing. Do not care for anything. That's what it really means. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Don't call up your, your son or daughter, or your brother, or your sister, or your neighbor, and say, I need help. Don't do that first. Call on God. He will certainly answer your call. You won't have to leave a message. You won't have to call back thinking, jeepers, I don't think he heard me. And when we do make our request made known to God, the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. He is the keeper of our heart and our mind. He can keep us settled. He can keep us focused. He can keep us trusting and relying on and leaning on him. He can do it right well. So, knowing this about God and how he desires to keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because we trust in him, what shall we do? What shall we do in response to God speaking this truth of his keeping us in his perfect peace? That perfect peace, perfect there means complete, satisfied. Actually, the Hebrew is peace, peace. When, when God repeats one word, peace, peace, it's for effect. It's for effect. First and foremost, we should trust in the Lord Christ Jesus for our salvation. That's where it starts. Trusting in him for our salvation. And I'm hoping each one here listening has done that. Has done that. That's something you have to answer to God by. Lord, have I really 
truly humbled myself before you and my desperate need for you as my Savior and Lord. If you don't think you have, today's the day to do it. Confess your sin, ask for forgiveness, and ask Christ to come and take over your life. And guess what? God loves that prayer. He will do it. He will do it. Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Folks, that's our desperate need today, God's salvation. First and foremost, if we haven't chosen to take his salvation to ourselves, we're in desperate straits. Because one day soon, we're one day closer to when God the Father sends his son back to receive his church, the bride, that's you and me, to be taken up into glory, to be with him forever and ever. We're one day closer. He could come before we finish today. Are you ready? Are you ready? Don't get caught unaware. Don't say, well, I'll do this tomorrow. No. The Bible is very clear. Today is the day of salvation. Choose Christ today, not tomorrow. Tomorrow may be way too late. Secondly, cast all your anxiety on him. 1 Peter 5. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He wants us to do this. He wants to take all our worries, frets, fears, and just cast them on him because he cares for us and he can handle it so much better than we can. Thirdly, trust in God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I've already read. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. He's got us on a path. He's got us on a race to run. Hebrews 12. Seeing we have so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, I don't want to misquote God, Hebrews 12. Should know this. Josh just went over this about, what, three, four months ago. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance, which included in encumbrance is fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, laying it all aside, and the sin which so easily entangles us. You realize doubt and fear over the things of this world is actually a, a sin against God? Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And how are we to do it? Just like uh, Isaiah 26, 3, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Trust the Lord. Set your mind, number four, set your mind. 
We, we should have good control of what we're thinking. We shouldn't allow somebody to think for us. God's blessed us with a brilliant brain and thoughts. The medical field has no clue what the brain is capable of. No clue. That's why they're producing psychiatrists and psychologists and, and producing all kinds of medicines to help us in our thought processes. Sometimes it's necessary, but most of the time all we need to do is lean on God. Set your mind. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking things above where Christ is, seating, seated at the right hand of God. When you go to prayer, are you like Isaiah in chapter 6, when all of a sudden he saw a vision of the throne of God, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple? When you go to prayer, what do you fix your, your spirit's eye on? The throne of God. He's seated there. I've been reading a, a, a collection of Spurgeon's sermons on prayer. And the first one was um, talking about the throne of grace. Amazing. I should bring it sometime, just read it for you. It's amazing how he described the throne of grace from the word of God. That's where God is, seated. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. And lastly, if we follow through with this and are serious about it, wanting to commune with God this way, setting our heart and mind with him, trusting in him, leaning on him, then there is a peace of God to be enjoyed. A peace of God to be enjoyed. And we're right to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want a thing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Is that not a picture of peace? He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So, kind of simple. One verse. God, you will keep us in perfect peace when our mind is set on you because you have brought us to faith and trust in Christ. Notice it is God who does all the work. He helps us set our mind on him. He helps us come to faith in Christ and we receive the benefit that he's doing it in us. A peace, 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 continuing peace, ongoing peace, peace forever. This is God, the God we are here worshiping this morning. So may God help each of us to trust him from our hearts and set our minds on him and all he is to us. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, our Prince of peace. So we pray. Thank you, our Heavenly Father, that you have taken us into your word and looked on what your word is encouraging us and telling us that you are to us. You are the peace that passes all understanding. You are the peace that
you are desiring us to have in a, in a world that is full of turmoil. Guard our hearts, Lord. Guard our minds from listening to those voices out there that want to rob us of our peace with you. You can do this, Lord. Do that kind of work in us that is necessary for us to fix our eyes on Jesus and to set our mind on you. And help us, Lord, to grow in our faith and trust in you. For all this, Lord, we thank you in Christ's name. Amen.